When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rest and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We'll go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunt your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about magic item prices! Nathan, how the hell do we price magic items? You look at the balance of your players and then you, know, you, you pick that. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. That's how Nathan does it. But what does it say in the books to do? Uh, you extract money, money from your players. No. No, it doesn't. No? no? Okay. Try again. To make or buy? Wait, buy, right. Uh, buy. Buy. I can't remember. <sighs> okay. So, there is really not a lot in the books about the acquisition of magic items. It is explicitly said in 5th edition that... In most, you know, 5th edition D&D worlds, you cannot just buy magic items from a shop. The exception of which is Eberron, which is said to have common and uncommon magic items available with the occasional rare. But to most people, those words don't really mean anything. So what are the different rarities of magic items, Nathan? Uh, legendary and common rare. I mean, ideally, I would prefer you to list them in order for the sake of convenience. Uh, common, uncommon, uh-huh. rare, epic, legendary. No, no. Okay, you're missing one. Um, I, I can't remember. Very rare. I can't. Very rare. Whoa. Common, uncommon, rare, very rare, and legendary. Those are the five tiers of magic items in 5th edition. Yes, artifacts also exist, but if you have an artifact on sale, you are doing something wrong. That's just not how artifacts are supposed to work. Unless, of course, you're dealing with a stupidly high-level 5th edition game, and that would be the only case, on, like at least in my opinion, where such a thing might be okay. But for the sake of this discussion, we are ignoring artifacts because that's not a standard item for purchase. Anyway, so we have the typical five tiers, common, uncommon, rare, very rare and legendary. But how are they priced? Like, so Nathan, just in the book, how much information do you think there is uh, just about how to price a magic item? In, in the main book, I don't think this much at all, but... Eberron, maybe? Unfortunately, no. There, You are correct, there is that little bit in the Dungeon Master's Guide, but Eberron doesn't actually really have different 
prices, Eberron just has the different mention that, okay, fine. If you live in Eberron, you at least can buy magic items, but there's still not much in terms of different prices for them. If anything, Eberron actually gets more complicated just because they have special magic items that like the people who have the special, you know, magic tattoo dragon marks can get special magic items that cost less because it only works for them. But that's just a kind of silly thing. Anyway, yeah, that's not uh, how specialized items work, for fuck's sake. The rarer the person, the, the more expensive it should be, for fuck's sake. For fucking, well, no, the thing is, the magic item only works for those people. So yeah. the idea is that, like, their tattoo is doing some of the work, so there's less in the item. So it's cheaper to make. Yes. Right, but, okay, are they yeah, common? I mean, relatively... I mean, it just depends on how the dungeon master of the Eberron game is running it. But anyway, that is real Eberron specific. So we are tangenting away yes. from the main topic. <laughs> we can talk a little bit more on Eberron later because there are some things of relevance there. But anyway, so in the dungeon master's guide, there is a chart for rarity of, OK, for each rarity of magic item, it's suggested that a character level of you know, first level or higher is able to come across a common or uncommon item. Rare for a character level of fifth level or higher. Very rare at 11th level or higher. And legendary only at 17th or higher. Which is dumb. Ignore that bit. Moving on. Value. So now is where we actually get into relevant potential numbers. So a common magic item has a value between 50 gold to 100 gold. Uncommon, 101 to 500. Rare, 501 to 5,000. Very rare, 5,001 to 50,000. And a legendary item, 50,001 and up. Tell me, how helpful is that for you as a dungeon master to figure out how expensive a magic item should be? Uh, these ranges are very big. Yeah. Also, just. Even as not super aware as you are for just what are all of the magic items that exist, do you agree with like the rarities and therefore the prices of all existing magic items? Definitely not. It's, it's very like setting specific for some of them. That too, but also just there are a lot of magic items that just are in a tier that's insane for what it gives you in both right. directions too there are some that are why the fuck is that so cheap and then there's some that are why the hell is that so expensive Example? and it is infuriating okay helm of teleportation first of all that is the first one for sure that comes to mind so let me read this item to you real quick Helm has three charges, requires attunement. While wearing it, you can use an action to expend a charge to cast the teleport spell from it. Regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. As a reminder, teleport is the seventh level spell that can teleport you anywhere in the world, or on the same plane, at least. So, three charges with a seventh level spell. What rarity do you think this is? Uh, uncommon. <laughs> One off. It's rare. Rare. A rare magic item. So that is 501 to 5,000 gold. 
I'll be honest. Even at five thousand gold, that is stupidly cheap for teleport. You so know, potentially, <laughs> a fully charged helmet can teleport the entire party. By the That's way, because it is you and up to eight willing creatures can teleport anywhere on the same plane. That's a seventh level spell in a rare magic item. That is insane. That is just way too cheap for how good that spell is. Ugh, I'm sorry, that just pissed me off all over again. <laughs> all right, um, in the other direction. So the hell of teleportation is the one that always comes to mind, but I don't have an automatic one on the other side. Oh, actually, here's a good one. The arrow of slaying. So there is one very important detail for magic items, which is a consumable item costs half as much. So a potion or just something that expends its magic upon use is only half as pricey. The problem comes where some things are just not worth that kind of price. So for this to be a very rare magic item, that means it is a minimum of 5,001 with a maximum of 50,000. So, okay, let's say even at the minimum price and that you... Okay, cut it in half and round it down because consumable. So at a minimum, this arrow is 2,500 gold. And what this does, it slays a particular type of creature. And like, let's say there is an arrow of dragon slaying specifically, and then a creature that takes a creature of that type only that takes the damage has to make a DC 17 con saving throw or take an extra 6d10 piercing damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Okay, 2,500 gold for a specific thing. So, okay, so arrow of dragon slaying, useful on dragons, still a fucking normal arrow on anything else, but then they have to make a con save to take 6d10 piercing and they still do half on a failed save. But you have to use it, and you have to hit. But if you do miss, you can retrieve it, so it's not totally useless. But 2,500 damage to do 6d10 piercing damage once? That's dumb! That, that's what we call a deal. <laughs> I mean, for uh. fuck's sake, you could just get a ballista in a bag of holding for that money. And that would be way <laughs> You're better. Right. You're right. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> that there's no reason for that to exist at that price. That's insane. Like, okay, even if like that's yeah, like just magical arrows like that are just dumb. So, like arguably, there is just quote unquote normal magic ammunition, but still, it only works once. So if you just got a normal arrow plus three, it gives you an additional plus three to your attack and damage. So if you do have a magic bow already, that's pretty fucking significant. So like even if you had like a plus two bow and then add a plus three arrow, that's pretty cool. But then there is that massive downside. It only works once. That's insane. And honestly, there's a lot of magic items just in both directions. That's just like, wow, that is really, really 
just cheap for that price or really, really expensive for the other. So the question is hotly, hotly debated. How the hell should you actually price magic items? So before I go off on my rant, just what is your take, Nathan? Um, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, just kidding. So my actual thought on the matter. No, you said your that, actual thought. So my actual <laughs> thought on the matter is that a trinket, something relatively, um, relatively just quality of life, that kind of thing, um, should be around the 300 to 500 range. Something like a weapon of interest with interesting powers and whatnot should be about a thousand to three thousand. Um, something major like um like the stuff that we typically see on Riftwick, uh, is about five k, and then everything up past that point is just like. I don't know, like unique. I mean, we don't know yet. We haven't point. seen yeah, higher. We, we than, haven't, the only yeah, thing right. that we've seen higher than that was uh, the potion of resurrection for one right. million gold. <laughs> one so, million. Yeah. So we have no idea what like actual high level stuff looks like in Riffwick at this point in time. <laughs> resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of ways that a DM could go about pricing magic items. As much as I personally dislike Nathan's style of however much your party has, that is an option. And even with that, there's a couple of paths that you could choose to take. So either just like give them the next just bump up on the power scale, or just to figure out just some cool effects or just, you know, maybe an extra ability. Because one thing that is actually kind of disappointing to me in 5th edition D&D is that most magic items are like a singular effect. Like it is just, okay, it is a plus one or a plus two weapon. Or you have something like the Flame Tongue Greatsword, which is another fun thing that just does an extra 2d6 fire damage on your melee attacks with it. But... There's no rules of, okay, I really like this Flame Tongue Greatsword, but how do I get it to have a plus two to my attacks and damage as well? There's nothing about upgrading magic items, about potentially combining effects for more unique items. There's no information at all, and it infuriates me. So, again, there's two main things that are looked at by most dungeon masters that are as irked with me as the well, actually three paths, I should say. Option number one, homebrew something. Option number two, look at older editions. Because fourth edition has a very different power scale, so not as relevant nowadays. But 3.5 is very similar mechanically. Again, it's not perfect, but it's good. So there are in-depth magic item creation rules in 3.5. So that has all kinds of rules available just that have been used for decades by now that work. And they have rules from how much is it for something to go from plus one to plus two? How much is it to add this effect and this effect and this effect all into one magic item together? But I don't want it to be on a helmet. How, what if, how much would it cost to make it on a ring instead? There are rules for that. So they exist 
in depth. So I'll be honest, this is the one that I personally prefer, and this is the one that I myself have looked at and just adapted a smidge to just line up with 5th edition. Because it's not, again, it's not perfect one-to-one. There are a lot of things that are, you know, based on the caster level when making the item and, you know, costing experience to make a magic item, which, again, doesn't work because that's not really how it works in 5th edition. But it it has enough rules to make a basis that can be adapted to 5th edition way easier than just wholesale making one up on your own. You can make it up on your own, but it's easier to just adapt something that already exists. Or option number three, and this is the one that honestly a large percentage of dungeon masters nowadays are making use of, which is find a rule set that someone else has already made for you. So again, there is one document in specifically that more dungeon masters that I know have just independently found through Googling than anything else. And that is sane magic item prices. So if you just Google sane magic item prices, you will find this document very, very quickly. It is 14 pages long with every single magic item, at least up to the point that that was released, individually priced. However, what makes that document so liked by Dungeon Masters is the fact that it distinguishes two different types of magic items and bases the prices differently. Because if you do go through all of the magic items, there is a very important distinction. Items that help you in combat and items that do not. And the scaling of the prices of those are weird like a lot of those types of utility magic items just shouldn't be priced the same so that document is thorough it has prices for spell scrolls all the way from cantrip up to ninth level it has prices for the various potions that exist it has prices for all the different magic items and it's actually pretty reasonable in terms of the actual scaling of prices. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So another example of just like, why the hell is that so cheap? Nathan, are you aware of something called the gauntlets of ogre power? The gauntlets, they give you strength. Yes, but how much and how much are they? Um, no, no idea. <laughs> okay, so it is an uncommon magic item that when someone is attuned to it, gives you a 19 strength score. Whoa. And there is another item, a headband of intellect, that is the same for intelligence. Uncommon, 19 intelligence. So it is an uncommon magic item. So based on that chart, what is that, Nathan? Uh, I totally forgot. Give me a second. <laughs> 101 to 500 gold. So a maximum price of 500 gold to have a 19 intelligence or strength? <laughs> That's I mean, insane. Uh, can you imagine a world where you could just walk down the street and become a genius? <laughs> yes! Because imagine, like, everyone who wants to be a wizard with an uncommon magic item is a genius! Okay, no, no, you just use both. You'll be smart as fuck and strong as fuck. Uh-huh. Actually, what's Super fun, humans there, everywhere. There is actually a third one, too. The Amulet of Health. But that one is a rare magic item. Which is kind of interesting. I, I'm guessing just because that is Somebody more combat <laughs> applicable. So just the fact that any character could suddenly have a 19 constitution and that many more hit points. Right. But what's odd, those three exist. There is not one for wisdom, charisma, or dexterity. I mean, who which needs is the rest, weird. right? <laughs> I mean, if you have one for intelligence, then why not have one for wisdom at least? You know, like, <laughs> like I could kind of understand a little bit dexterity and charisma because charisma, all your talkie skills, as well as warlocks, sorcerers, what have you. So that is a big skill and similar for dexterity, because any character could use that for like a dagger, as well as just for the sake of initiative skills, you know, um, AC like dexterity is a big deal. But it'd be one thing if they just existed at like a higher price, but that they just don't exist at all is kind of weird to me. But anyway, but yeah, so those three that do exist, two uncommon and one that is rare. So you can be a genius or a really, really strong boy for at max 500 gold by rules as written. That's dumb. So, well, OK, let me rephrase. I think that that's dumb. And. This is something that is definitely worth thinking about from the world building perspective, because if they are at actually that price, then any major city should like have their guards have the gear of a set of gauntlets of ogre power and an amulet of health, because that suddenly makes those guards way more competent immediately. And that's just a kind of interesting thing to think about is like... The use of magic items in your world is a big deal because they are incredibly powerful. I mean, magic in general is powerful. So magic items being 
magic that anyone with gold can have is really important to think about. So another good uh, example of something that is too cheap. Wand of Magic Missiles. Nathan, what is the big deal about the magic? Yes. So also, how many charges does a Wand of Magic Missiles have? Six. Seven. Oh, fuck. I I, I said six. I was like, oh, that's way too much. Uh, That's like Uh, two times what I thought it would be. Seven. What rarity is that item? Uh, Common. (laughs) No, uh, No. Uncommon. So again, 101 to 500 gold for potentially seven shots of an unmissing spell. And that wand in particular does not require attunement. Can you imagine? It's an automatic weapon. So it is. You, 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 you can launch it all at the same time. So yeah, so the, so again, this being an uncommon item, if you did just like have a large city... Imagine how much more dangerous... Okay, forget what I said a moment ago. If you have five guards with wands of magic missile, fuck! Because remember, one casting of the spell shoots three missiles (laughs) of 1d4 plus one damage. So five of those shooting at once is 15 missiles. So that would be 15d4 plus 15 in a round of automatic damage. I want to see a world where this is true, right? It's incredible. Like, it's relatively cheap to buy, and they'll just use, like, guns. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They don't miss. I mean, honestly, like, I think that you would have, like, a much more orderly place if the guards are that capable, but then you would also have a lot... Well, hopefully you'd have a lot of, like, checks on the guards, though. But that is so game changing if you just had five wands of magic missiles in the hands of guards and again five wands five guards 15 d4 plus one and that's with one charge of the wand used in one round of combat and they could potentially fire seven (laughs) times you know uh that's pretty good how do you reload (laughs) you don't need to Oh, you mean to get the charges back? It just takes uh, resting over days. I, I want to make a setting with that, but reloads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everyone just... can buy one. Uh, like, uh... well, I mean, in actually going back to Eberron for a moment, then wand slingers are a thing. You know what they say? <laughs> it's high noon. <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, so. Again, going back to the sane magic item prices that I was talking about before, they have changed all of the prices to just what they see as more sane. So to give some examples from that document. So, okay, a plus one weapon, just any weapon just with a plus one enchantment is a thousand gold, according to this, even though by rarity, that's uncommon. So they made weapons more expensive than the rules as written because the idea of having plus one weapons be that cheap then why the hell are they like uncommon in world by the actual definition of that world word like if a magic item is available for 101 gold potentially then why the hell doesn't every competent bandit have a plus one weapon so that's weird and doesn't make logical sense. So by bumping up the price, it's still relatively accessible, but a bit more accessible than something like that's 
the uncommon prices listed. So then they also have a plus two weapon as 4,000 gold, which actually does sit within the rarity or the rare rarity rather. But then moving farther up to a plus three, it suddenly jumps up to 16,000, which also is within very rare. So they bump up uncommon a bit, but then they also don't have like a very large difference just for basic plus one, plus two, plus three items. Unfortunately, there are still no rules about actually adding effects, but that's just a more general fifth edition flaw. So talking about those other items that I was talking about earlier, though, the Amulet of Health, the Gauntlets of Ogre Power, and the Headband of Intellect. Mechanically, they all do the same thing, just for different stats. So all of them just turn something into a 19 ability score. So all of them, regardless of rarity, are listed as costing 8,000 gold, which, I'll be honest, still isn't unreasonable for how goddamn good they are. 8,000 gold to have a 19 strength, intelligence, or constitution? I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I personally think that might be a little bit on the high side, but not out of the realm of, okay, but it's really, really good. So to just... Oh man, there are so many things. So another one, the Staff of Healing does what it says on the tin. You need to be some healing class and attuned to it, but it's a rare magic item. So at low and even into mid levels, honestly, limited healing is quite a limit on the party. So the Staff of Healing, though, gives significantly more charges to the party and just in terms of just ability to heal so oh man what was it rare magic items i want to say it has like 10 charges yeah 10 charges that can be used to cast cure wounds with one charge lesser restoration with two charges or a mass cure wounds with five charges so lesser restoration as a reminder is the one that could just automatically end a disease or condition it's the spell that i keep saying i need cast on me to get rid of my diabetes so with this item a any bard cleric or druid who has this item can just use up two charges of the item and not expend a spell slot and still be able to cast that effect so yeah, that's one of the items that just makes me sad that does not exist in reality, because I really, really wish it did. And honestly, just going on and on and on, there are so, so many just of these kind of combat-focused magic items and the non-combat ones as well. So let's move on to that side of things. So, okay, cap of water breathing. Drowning is a terrifying thought. But a magic item that just forever gets rid of that and you don't even have to worry about charges or anything. It's an uncommon magic item, but that seems honestly kind of cheap for the effect that it gives you. So on that chart here, they gave it a price of a thousand gold, which again, kind of makes sense. But, ooh, actually, another good example. One of my favorites. Hey, Nathan. Yeah. Tell me about the instant fortress. It's a fortress that's instant. Adamantine everything. <laughs> yeah. It is a one-inch metal cube that just becomes 
like a 20 by 20 by 30, I think, fortress immediately. So that is kind of insane. But what rarity is that tower? Legendary, right? Uh, No, no, it's actually rare. Uh Oh, so a shrinking full size fortress made of adamantine is a rare magic item. A house of that size costs more. What the fuck? That's insane. Like, that is one of the most underappreciated magic items. Like, not only do you just get a, a big adamantine fortress, but it even has a damage listing because they know that players would throw it at people and make it grow big. So this is something that, by rules as written, you can throw and unshrink to squish your enemies. And it still is only a rare magic item. So 501 to 5,000 gold? 5,000 gold is way, way cheaper than something that useful. Again, on the slight downside, though, going back to the sane magic item prices, that has it at 75,000 gold. So into the legendary pricing, which, oof, that's a lot of gold. But on the other hand, it really is just an incredible thing. And also, actually, uh, right next to that on the set is the Helm of Teleportation. How much do you think that that teleportation helmet costs on this sheet? A lot more. Yes. Uh, a tight E. Uh, 20K. 64,000. Oh, that's a bit more appropriate. It's it's a lot. But I'm curious, just like, is that an unreasonable amount in your eyes? No. Um, no. That's cheaper than I would put it at, but then again, I am running a pretty low magic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but 75,000 yeah. gold, like that's that's kind of reasonable considering the effect. Because you have to remember also that like in theory, like someone who makes it would want to be able to sell it if they're not using it themselves. But yeah, but there is a, a lot of difference between how the game has things priced and how I would price things. So this sane magic item prices document is probably like the closest to reasonable that I have yet found. And I have looked a lot. Like, I will say just because of the fact that I like combining magical effects, that is the main reason that I prefer using the 3.5 magic item creation rules to figure it out. But in terms of just direct adaptation of the prices of fifth edition things, I really do think that looking at that this document is the way to go. Because, yeah, there are so many things that just change everything so just a few last examples before we wrap up hey nathan do you remember the alchemy jug vaguely so it is a kind of silly magic item in that each day you're able to just pick from a list of liquids that the item comes with and that it's able to produce some amount of it. So it's able to make like a couple gallons of beer or a gallon of wine or I think a gallon of mayonnaise or like a vial of poison. Like it is a very odd list. But the weird thing is it is an uncommon magic item, but that is a crazy good effect because every day you can make 
poison. That's expensive. So in theory, if you had a, someone on the black market that would just buy your poisons, you could just like buy out you know a bunch of alchemy vials somewhere and then just f- fill up each day poison. And like even if you went like below market value and just for like 50 gold a vial sold off your poisons, at 50 gold a vial, you would be making profit on that really, really fast. And that's just kind of not how that thing is meant to be used. Like, it really should just be a more fun, silly item. But on the other hand, here, because it is just a game changing item, because it can just produce things like they have it as 6000 gold instead of being, you know, a maximum 500 for a normal uncommon item. And it goes on and on and on. And I really do just suggest giving that a Google, just sane magic item prices, and you will find it. But Nathan, with all that we've talked about and other options, what is, do you have any change of opinion on pricing of magic items? Not not at all. (laughs) (sighs) One day I'll change your mind on something. No, no, the, the reason why the price is the way I have them is because they work with the way I give you gold, so yeah. Mm. Except for me, who somehow always has more gold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because I'm an asshole. <laughs> but in summary, the rules as written for 5th edition magic items are dumb. You, as the Dungeon Master, have the authority always to make choices for your own world for what magic items are available for sale, if any, or to figure out a system of magic item pricing that works for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.